This week's Parsha Matot Masei, we'll be focusing on Parshat Matot. Specifically, we'll be focusing in on the story of Bnei Gad Bnei Ruven. We'll give a quick overview of the story, and we'll see, essentially, we'll try to, we will attempt to evaluate what happens in the story as it's told in Zevar Bemidbar, and see what are the historical ramifications of the story. What happened to Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven as a result of their decision to stay on the east side of the Jordan River? The story tells us in Perak Lamed Bet and Sefer Bamidbar, the end of Parshat Matot, that in the aftermath of the of the capturing of the east bank of the Jordan River, and coupled with the fact that that east bank of the Jordan River was particularly fertile land for growing for, for, for raising sheep and cattle and in addition the fact that Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruben had a lot of sheep and cattle they decided to request from Moshe Rabbeinu the following request Vayomru in Pasuk if we have found favor in your eyes, they say to Moshe, the land, this land should be given to your servants as our inheritance. Do not take us, pass, take us into the, pass us over the Jordan River. Their request is a simple request. They want to get the land on the east side of the Jordan River. They do not make any promises. They just want to get that land on the east side. Moshe Rabbeinu was very angry at them. We'll go back one more pasuk because he has a read response in pasuk vav. Your brothers are going to go to war and you're going to sit here. In the following pasukim, Moshe compares them to the Meraglim. Why should you shake the heart of Bnei Israel? from going into the land that God gave them. And Rashi explains that the fact that they're not going into the land means that they're afraid. And if they're afraid, then there's what to be afraid of. And if we recall, in the Meraglim, the main emotion that the Meraglim were using was fear. We can't beat these people. They're too strong for us. We can't go into the land. Likewise, if... Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven, who later we're going to find out are great uh, warriors, are not willing to go into the land, then then, then certainly uh, there's something to be afraid of, of going into the land and fighting the wars. Moshe gives them a long, long, harsh speech, which ends, Yisrael. <laughs> You have come instead of your forefathers, or your forefathers who were the Meraglim and the people who listened to the Meraglim, who caused Bnei Israel to be in the Midbar for 40 years. You have come instead of them, Tarbut Anashim Chataim, a culture of sinners, Lispot Od Al Charon Hashem Al Yisrael, to increase, to add on to the anger of God on Israel. So Bnei Gadim Bnei Ruven make the following offer. Bayomru. In Pasuk Tetzain, Gidrotzon Ivnele Miknenu Po Ve'arim Latapenu. We're gonna bring, we're gonna build 
fence, we're going to fence in our, our, our sheep on this side of the Jordan. We'll build cities for our children. We will go as the, 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 the frontline warriors in front of B'nai Israel until we bring them to their place. We will not go back to our homes until B'nai Israel inherit, inherit their, their inheritance. Because we will not inherit with them on the other side of the Jordan River. Because our inheritance has come to us on the east side of the Jordan River. To make a long story short, Moshe Rabbeinu essentially accepts this offer. Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven will be able to get the eastern bank of the Jordan River on condition that they go fight with Bnei Israel. And if they don't go and fight with Bnei Israel, then they will not be entitled to the eastern side of the Jordan River, and they'll be on the west side of the Jordan River with the rest of Bnei Israel. Let's just quickly evaluate what we've seen here, and understand what 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 is what is moving the whole story. As we said initially in the first stage, Bnei Ruven and Bnei Gad just say we don't want to go to the other side of the Jordan River. There is no nothing implicit in what they were saying that they really didn't intend to fight with Bnei Israel. They want to stay outside of Eretz Yisrael, outside of uh, what we're going to see is the, the, the inherent part of Eretz Yisrael between, from the, the west side of the Jordan River is the, the more kadosh part of Eretz Yisrael. We'll, we see in Halakha that there are certain Halakhot that apply only to the west side of the Jordan River and the east side of the Jordan River is not really the same kadusha of Eretz Yisrael and therefore... Um, and therefore, certain halachot don't apply there. Certain halachot that are tliot ba'aretz, and they they just want to stay there. Moshe Rabbeinu is very angry at them. Moshe Rabbeinu compares them to the Meraglim. Okay, the Meraglim we said were trying to stop Ben Israel from going into Eretz Israel because they preferred the existence in the Midbar. So too, Moshe Rabbeinu is viewing what they are offering as preferring the life outside of Eretz Yisrael for a better life on the east side in the Jordan River. And finally, there is a compromise. Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven will go into Eretz Yisrael and they will fight with the Jewish people. They will not abandon their brothers. They will go in with them. But they insist on accepting the eastern side of the Jordan River as their inheritance. They must get that as their inheritance. They're very clear about that. And this is agreed upon. It's important to note already at this point that B'nai Gad and B'nai Ruven A preferred the, the, the main interest that they had in making this decision was their flock their cattle, their sheep. As it says in the first pasuk of the parak, What is the reason for this decision? What is moving them towards this decision? Is their cattle, their flock. That is the main reason for their decision. And then they're willing to 
Point B is that they're willing to give up on living on the more Kadosh part of Eretz Yisrael, the western side of the Jordan River, because of their flock. And then at the end we see that they're people of character, that they're willing to go out and fight the war of their brothers that is not really directly connected to them. Once they're going to get the eastern side of the river, then they're fighting their brothers' battles, which are not exactly their battles. And this is an, this, this, these terms are agreed upon by Moshe and the Am in conjunction with Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruben. The story doesn't end here. In Sefer Yoshua, we are told that Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruben fulfilled their, uh, their condition. In Perakaf Bet, Yoshua says, Azi kro Yoshua la Ruveni la Gadib la Chatsi Shevet la Chatsi Matem ויאמר עליהם אתם שמרתם את כושר ציוותכם משה עבד אדוני ותשמעו בקולי לכושר ציוויתי אתכם you upheld everything that Moshe commanded you and you listened to me לא עזבתם את אחיכם זה ימים רבים עד היום הזה you didn't abandon your brothers for many days 14 years, 7 years of capturing 7 years of splitting up the land בני גן ובני ראובן um, stayed with בני, with בני ישראל and now they are given a clean bill of health to go back to the eastern side of the Jordan River and live and go back to their families and their and their flock. Okay. And now they do the following. Vayashuvu vayelchu bnei Ruven uvnei Gad vachatzi shevet hamnashem ed bnei Israel mishilo asher beretz Kanan alechet el eretz hagilad el eretz achuzatam asher noah chazuba al pi adunai bead Moshe bnei Gad uvnei Ruven return. From Shiloh, Shiloh is the place that the Mishkan now has been fixed. The sh- Shiloh is the fixed place of the Mishkan until the Churban of Shiloh during the time of Eli, at the beginning of the, which told at the beginning of Sefer Shmuel Aleph. Vayavo el Glilot Hayarden Asher Beretz Kenan Vayivnu Bnei Ruven Uvnei Gad Vachatzi Shevet Hamnasha Sham Mizbech Al Yarden Mizbech Gadol LeMareh. They come to their side of the of the river. And in the Glilot Hayarden, they build an enormous Mizbeach, one that's very easy to see. Yisrael, hear of the building of this Mizbeach, this altar, and they're, they're going to fight them. They're ready to, they, they get everybody together in battle gear and they head out towards them. And they say to them, Pinchas ben Elazar Kohen is, is, is with them at this point. Pasuk Tetzain in Perak of Bet of Yoshua, he says, Ko amru kol adat Adonai, ma hamal hazeh asher me'altem belohe Yisrael, lashuv hayom me'achare Adonai, bivnotchem lachem mizbeach, limrodchem hayom badonai. What is this terrible... Ma'al, this terrible inequity that you're doing to God by going away from God, by building the Mizbeach, and so too rebelling against God. Is it not bad enough that we did the sin of Baal Peor, that we have not purified ourselves from it until this day? 
Pinchas is saying very harsh words. Why are you doing this terrible act against God? Now we have to understand first of all, what is the act against God? So in several parashiot, in parashat Re'eh, we're going to learn that it is forbidden to sacrifice, any sacrifices, to build any mizbech outside the, the central point of Avodat Hashem. In the time of the, when the Mishkan was in Shiloh, in the time of the Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim, it is forbidden to sacrifice to God outside of those two places. In Shiloh in its time, and in Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim in its time. So building a Mizbeach, and seemingly the purpose of the Mizbeach, is for Avodat Hashem, for Korbanot, for sacrifices, is, is, a, is a, a transgression against the Torah. It's prohibited. Not only is it prohibited, Pinchas understands this as an act which is similar to Baal Peor. Baal Peor was a sin of Avodah Zarah, of idolatry. The Jewish belief that has a central point for Avodat Hashem believes that when there is one God, there is one place to worship Him. And not everybody worshipping Him wherever He wants. That is the ways of Avodah Zarah. So when Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven build a Mizbeach, they are essentially doing an act which is tangential to Avodah Zarah. <coughs> and Pinchas compares the sin to the sin of Baal Peor, which was a sin of Avodah Zarah. Once again, Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven have an explanation. And they take an oath in the name of God that if they are really transgressing against God that they should not be saved. However, they say, If our purpose for building this Mizbeach was to bring a burnt offering or to bring a peace offering, then God should demand it from us. But rather, we had different intentions. What were our intentions? Machar yomru b'nechem levaneinu lemor malachem v'lashem elokei Yisrael. Tomorrow, in the future, your sons will tell our sons what is your connection to God and the God of Israel. To God, the God of Israel. Ugvul natan Adonai b'neinu v'nechem b'nei Ruvenu v'nei Gad et Hayarden ein lachem chelak b'Adonai v'ishbitu b'nechem et b'neinu levilti yirot Adonai. There's a border that God gave us between us and you, the children of, Bnei, of Reuven and God, this, this Jordan River. So you have no portion in God. And your children will stop our children from fearing God. Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven see a problem. We're on the other side of the b- river. The, the other side, the western side of the river, as Pinchas describes it in Pasuk Yutet, is Eretz Achuzat Hashem, Asher Shachan Shamishkan Hashem. The land on the west side of the river is the land of God's inheritance, that God dwells there, where the Mishkan is. And as Pinchas alludes to the eastern side in that same pasuk, pasuk yutet, 
If your land, if the land of your inheritance is impure. So therefore, because of this situation, that our land is not exactly the land of Hashem, and that there's a physical border between our land and the land of B'nai Israel, the land of Hashem. And in the future we're afraid that our children will be told that they're not shayach to B'nai Israel. They're not part of B'nai Israel. They're not part of God. And they'll stop fearing God. Therefore, they say, We will build an altar, not for any sacrificial purposes. It's a it'll be a witness between us and you and our future generations that we should worship God and that no one should tell us tomorrow and in the future that we don't we don't belong to Hashem. We are not rebelling against God, we are part of God, and Pinchas, and Bnei Israel, except Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven's explanation, You didn't transgress against God. And everything, once again, comes to a nice completion. Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven explain themselves and everything is good similar to the initial story where B'nai Gad and B'nai Ruven made a terrible request of staying on the eastern side of the Jordan River and at the end they come to a conclusion that they're going to go and fight and then they're going to come back there are two points that we have to point out one internally within the stories and Externally, in the future, that's described later on in the Tanakh, that have to raise question marks about Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven. The first is the fact that we, a point that we already mentioned is the fact that they are driven by initially their flock, their sheep. Their decision to want to stay on the eastern bank of the Jordan River is their is their flock. That already has to be disturbing. Because if the west side of the Jordan River is better, more Kadosh, more close to Hashem, why would they prefer their flock over the eastern side of the Jordan River? But furthermore, they themselves understand the problem, because 14 years later, they're going to do an action which is an, almost causes a civil war, they're going to build a Mizbeach outside of the Mishkan and Shiloh, in order to remind everybody that they're shayach to Am Yisrael and they're shayach to God. Well, why did you put yourself in a position outside of Eretz Yisrael on the east side of the Jordan River where there is no Mishkan? If you're so concerned about your sons being able to be Ovedet Hashem. And this, this problem echoes beautifully in a, a comment that Rashi has in the Parsha. And B'nai Gad and B'nai Ruven come back with their compromise offer. They say the following. They come, they come up to Moshe and they say, We will build fenced, infenced areas for our flock. And cities for our children. When Moshe answers them, 
he flips the order. Build cities for your children and fence infenced areas for your flock. And Rashi comments on Pasuk Tetzayin when Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven make their initial suggestion. In their language, they preferred their money more than their children, sons and daughters because they mentioned them first. They first say, First we'll build in, in fenced areas, and cities for our children. This is not correct. Make what's more important, more important, and what's less important, less important. And therefore he flips the order. First build cities for your children. And only afterwards should you build in fenced areas for your flock. Rashi is making a local point about the language Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven chose. But if we look at the bigger story here, we see that Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven essentially thought in this manner in the bigger picture as well. Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven, we've said, made two radical decisions that almost caused a big uproar and eventually were settled. They suggested to stay on the eastern bank of the Jordan River. And then they built a Mizbeach. Why did they want to live on the eastern side of the Jordan River? Because they wanted to take care of their cattle, their flock. Why did they build this Mizbeach as an Ed? Because they wanted to take care of their children. Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven made a decision to stay on the eastern bank of the Jordan River. For what purpose? For their flock. Then they had to build a Mizbech, which seemingly was an outright transgression, almost Avodah Zarah, until they got to some sort of explanation that that wasn't their purpose. For what purpose did they do this? For their children. Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven acted first for their flock, and only afterwards did they act for their children. And along the way, they gave up on Eretz Yisrael, or at least the more holy parts, the more kadosh parts of Eretz Yisrael, and put their children into a compromising situation where they had to build this Mizbeach and almost cause a civil war in order to correct the situation for their children. Now there's one last point that we have to examine and that's what happened. Because Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven caused two problems in their actions, as we've seen. It caused one action of moving away from Eretz Yisrael by being on the eastern bank of the Jordan River and there, by there cutting themselves off from their brothers to the point that Moshe was afraid that they wouldn't even fight with their brothers. But they ended up fighting with their brothers. But this problem exists of being cut off. And additionally, they caused the religious problem of being far away from Mishkan Hashem, from Hashem, from Chelek Hashem in a land which is less holy where there's no Mishkan. And so they tried to repair the situation by building the Mizbech. If we look in, into the Tanakh, we'll see that these two problems don't end in the nice conclusions of the stories that we just read in Sefer Bemidbar and Sefer Yoshua. In Sefer Shoftim, we read about the, the war between Barak and Dvorah, representing Am Yisrael, and Yavin, Melch Kenan, and Sisra. This war that took place was a very big war that happened in the heart of Eretz Yisrael and involved many Shvatim. But in Shirat Dvorah, in Dvorah's song, 
giving praise of the victory, she points out several tribes that did not participate in the war. And one pasuk is very strong. Lama, in Perak Hei and Sefer Shoftim, pasuk Tetzayin, Lama yashavta ben hamishpetayim, lishmoa shrikot adarim, liflagot reuven gidolim chikrei lev. And that Mikra explains, what is ben hamishpetayim? Mishpetayim means the fences of the flock. Why did you sit between the fences of your flock at the time that your brothers were going to war, so that you could hear the whistling of the shepherds, while other people, while your brothers were going out to hear the cry of war. And the following pasuk says, Gilad be'ever hayarden shachen. Gilad is the land that Bnei Gad and Bnei Menashe lived in. And they... They are on the other side of the river. They don't have to participate in the war. Or that's how they viewed it. If Moshe was afraid that Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven, by being on the eastern bank of the Jordan River would not participate in the, in the battles of their brothers and therefore made conditions that they should, so they did their initial condition in the time of capturing the land. But we see here in the story in Sefer Shoftim that this was not a long-lasting condition. They did this only... Initially, and later on, they failed to do so. Being on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, the physical separation separated them emotionally from their brethren on the on the west side of the Jordan River. And when the and the, when their brethren on the west side were fighting wars, they didn't necessarily feel obligated to fight those wars. But we read further. Chazal learned out from Sukim in Melachim Bet, but more so in Divrei Yamim, that the first tribes to go into Galut, to go into exile, were Bnei Gad, Bnei Ruven, and Chatzis Shevet Menashe. And from that, and they, this is, comes up in the halachic literature, that from that time that they went into Galut, when they went into exile, the laws of Shmitin and Yovlot, or more specifically Yovel, of Yovlot, stopped. So what are the psukim? In, in, in Perak Hay and Sefer Divrei Yamim Aleph, there's a whole discussion of Reuven and God and what they did and what battles they fought. And after describing some of the battles that they fought and some of the places that they lived, the pasuk says the following. Perak Hay, pasuk Hafei, Vaim alu be'elohei avotehem. They sinned against the, the, the God of their forefathers. And if we recall the language of Pinchas, when he chastised them over building the Mizbeach, he said to them, What is this terrible transgression that you did against the God of Israel? And the same language is used in describing why they go into Galut, why they go into exile in the very Yamin. 
They sinned against the God of their forefathers. And they went to worship Abu Dazara. And therefore God brought the anger of the kings of Ashur, of Assyria. And he took the Ruveni, the Shevet Ruven, Shevet God, and Chatsi Shevet Menashe into exile. In conclusion, B'nai Gad and B'nai Ruven walked on a very dangerous line. By preferring their flock over Eretz Yisrael, by preferring their flock over the religiosity of their children, while initially they remained close to Eretz Yisrael and close to their brethren in Eretz Yisrael and while initially they remained attached to God we see that their commitment to Eretz Yisrael and their brothers in Eretz Yisrael and the God of Eretz of Yisrael waned over the years and that physical separation of being on the east side of the Jordan River and not being close to their brothers and not being close to the land of Eretz Yisrael, and not being close to the God of Israel, caused them over the years, as we saw in Sefer Shoftim, to become distant from their brothers, and not fight in their wars, and eventually to become distant from God, and be the first tribes to go into Galut at the hands of Assyria, at the end of the kingdom of Israel. And as Rashi said, what did B'nai Gad and B'nai Ruven prefer? They preferred their flock over their children. Shabbat Shalom.